Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. Alright, welcome back. Another episode. Uh, we will be announcing... I know I said we were going to announce the winner of the giveaway this week, but we're going to do that next week. So it's going to be episode... Let's see, this is... Uh, last one was 102, this is 103. Episode 104. That's when we're going to announce the big winner. Sorry for the delay, just ran into some issues. Uh, one of the things we want to say was I didn't mention the sponsor of the show all that much last time. I think I threw him into the end. So I'm going to mention him right now. Cheers and Spirits Yes. On uh, in Arnold, Maryland in the Arnold Station Plaza. I want to make sure I get him out there right now, and I'll put him in at the end too. Um, sorry about that last time. Uh Last episode we had uh, we had Luke from uh, a therapist, a Buddhist, and you, and he's back with us for this episode as well. Um, please uh, like, subscribe, comment, and share. Make sure to follow us on the podcast platforms. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube if you're there. Even though we have zero video, but we're on a video platform anyway. Uh, we're also on Rumble. Finish anything. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer, Pandora, whatever. Wherever you like to listen to us, we're there. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook. All right, got everything cleared up. All the business has been taken yeah. care of. So earlier today, I I texted Mike a question because we generally before the shows, we'll, I'll kind of reach out and be like, "Hey, uh, which bourbon are we having tonight?" Um. And then I have the question, like, upstairs, I've got about, I want to say five bourbons, mm-hmm. or whiskeys for all the grumpuses out there who want to yeah. fact check my ass. And, like, I, I feel like I'm starting to, like, create a little collection upstairs. That's nice. With six, yeah. right? Now, some of them I'm <laughs> I'm buying because I don't like the ones I've already got. Um, and we're, gonna, we're actually going to try one tonight. That I wasn't a big fan of the first sip I had of this. It's uh, from Basil Hayden. It's the Basil Hayden Toast. It's not the Basil Hayden Regular. Um, but I've got six bottles sitting upstairs. So I, I asked Mike. I said, are you a buy one and kill it person? Are you a collector who wants to have a bunch of them at the ready? And so, you said. Uh, the, generally, I'm... so. If I just buy what I want, which is usually Bullet or Basil Hayden, if I have money, um, I'm gonna buy one and kill it. However, if I always try to buy something different, so if I buy something different and don't like it, then it ends up just hanging around, um, and I give it to people, or it'll strike my fancy later. So this Redemption was a buy one to try it, and I liked it, so. I'm, we're in the process of killing it. So the um, redemption was when we tried last episode. Yeah, and I thought it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. A little, little bite on the tongue, but it was really nice. And I drank it neat, which I don't usually drink anything neat. And now it's actually getting me into drinking like so. This basil Hayden toast, I'm drinking it neat too. So what do so, you think of this one though? So it's uh, yeah. so uh, my initial reaction to the basil Hayden toast was I didn't like it, and I. I just had a, I had a sip of it again for the first time, and I'm realizing why I didn't like it the first time. To me, this is what a dry bourbon or whiskey tastes like. 
like it, it feels dry on my tongue. Mm-hmm. Like whereas the other ones, my tongue stays wet. This one feels like it's like almost evaporating in my mouth. I yeah, I can see almost. Uh, I don't want to say that cool feeling, but yeah, I guess like if you sprayed like the alcohol spray, it evaporates. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not that. Like it's it, it was in my mouth. I mm-hmm. swallowed it, and whereas with most of these whiskeys, I feel like it stays there for a little bit, stays mm-hmm. on the tongue, gives you a little bit more flavor. This I feel like it's evaporating as I speak. So I have the tingle on my tongue, but no taste on my tongue. Yeah, right. That, that, okay, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But it doesn't taste bad when it's there. It's just, it's different. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had another whiskey that has this feel to it. But I think regular Basil Hayden's superior to this. I would, and I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. So that that's going to be my next step. So when I was at Cheers and Spirits, where I bought the Redemption. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any basil hayden. They had the toast, but they were out of regular basil hayden. So, speaking of, which, I ended up. My wife got the basil hayden toast mm-hmm. at Cheers and Spirits. Okay, she got it for me as a gift. Yeah, for uh, for Christmas. Okay, at slash Hanukkah. Yeah, because we celebrate all the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> we don't. If if we if See, you're were, you're doubling up, I'm trying to eliminate. Yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, ba- I'm basically one short of the trifecta. If we added like <laughs> Islam and Mus- Muslims holidays in there, I'd have them all. So <laughs> when I tell my kids that Christmas is canceled, I mean it. <laughs> right. Like I'm not putting anything up. Like it's canceled because my life would be easier then. You know my Christmas lights are still on my bushes. Mine are on my porch. They're in a box, but they're on my porch. I, I have those net lights. Yeah. Still, still um on the bushes. Mm. Yeah. Pretty soon, pretty soon it'll be early. This is March first. <laughs> We're recording this on March first, and I still have Christmas lights up. I don't plug them in to my my defense, but they're up there. If there's smart lights, you could do Valentine's Day and Fourth of July. And so I saw. So there's a company they that are. makes. There you go. There's like, like these LED lights that are like tape, yeah. and you just put them up on your like house. Strip lighting. And you can change the colors, yeah. and it does different patterns. So, like for example, um, if the Caps were in the playoffs, which they're not going to make the playoffs because the Caps blow right now. Um, a lot of trades. Yeah, uh, and. They say they're not rebuilding. They're not selling. They're selling. They got rid of Warloff. They're selling. You know we have to talk about something when you're after your thought. Please, please continue. Yeah. So I would turn (laughs) the house red to rock the red for the Cavs. When the Ravens were playing, I'd hit it. O's game, orange. Ravens purple. It's it's beautiful. I can leave up year round, and I'm just super festive. Mm -hmm. And you can change it. You make it red, white, blue. Mm -hmm. So. One of our neighbors does that. They have the lights that like face toward the house, yeah. and they can light up the house whatever color they want. Which, by the way, Super Bowl, you had a neighbor yes. that went a little bananas with the green. <laughs> I think he ran into fog. You could <laughs> I, like when people say you can see it from space, they're exaggerating. This, I, mean, I could see it from my house, which is probably like a quarter mile away yeah. <laughs> through trees. Through the trees, <laughs> wow. yeah. But it was, it was bad. And, like, and then he was blowing foghorns when the Eagles scored. Like, he's a big-time Eagles fan. Yeah. Uh, so what I was going to talk to you about was the bet we have. Yeah, that's just going to get it. Stop. There's no bet. Just pay me now. He has slowed down. So the here's His the bet. You know, do you know the bet? No, but okay. I imagine this is the all-time score. Yeah, whether he's going to get goals. there. Yeah, all-time goals, goals, yes. Whether he's going to get there or not. He'll he's get. never going to get all-time score. Uh, all-time goals. He'll get it. He, no, he's like he's about a hundred away, isn't he? Didn't Yager play till he's 
Y'all have to play forever. He's still playing in Europe. Russia or something. So he took a week off. Personal reasons. I'm sure his dad really died. They're they're trading away all the players around him. You really think he's gonna yes. score a bunch more goals? Because he still needs two seasons after this one. Even if he even if he gets like fifty, he's gonna get it. It's going to happen. All right. Wayne Gretzky himself said it's not an if, it's a when. He's got to play though. He's missed. He's one of the more durable players in the league. Mm-hmm. But Mostly because he's lazy and just stands to the left face-off dot <laughs> and blasts that one-timer. But think about when Gretzky was with the Kings. That's who he ended with, right? Or did he no, end with the no. Rangers? He went to the Blues and then the Rangers. Okay. With the Rangers, he had Messier. With the Kings, he had Luke Robitaille. He had someone there to help. If they if the Caps keep doing the sell-off, who, who's he going to have to even well, pass Back, the puck? Backstrom's still there. It doesn't take a genius to pass the puck to Alex Ovechkin to score one time. Like you said, one time. It does take yeah. skill, though. You still got to get the skill to get it there. Yeah, but a lot of, so his goals have their cycle in the puck, and he stands there yeah. and just it. blasts the one time. And I'm telling you, if you haven't gone, go to Kettler and watch them practice because he will stand there. So in a game, you might see him do it. You might see him do it five, six times. Right, at practice he will stand there mm. at the end of practice, and one of the players will just feed him pucks, and he'll blast them one after the other. Mm. It there's a sign on the glass behind the net where he does it that says "Don't stand here." Mm. <laughs> and the puck hits the when he misses, the puck hits the the glass so hard you can feel it in your molars. I mean, it is insane. And to see the the quickness of that release, like TV, you look at it. You know, so I played hockey. So when I when I watch these guys, I'm like, yeah, I was that good. No, I was nowhere near that good. <laughs> and you just have to come and see me play to realize that I wasn't. Or anyone of my caliber play, like, yeah, you're nowhere close to that. But on TV, because that's all you see, they all kind of, the speed kind of, it doesn't, there's no frame of reference. But when you actually go there, especially to a practice where they're doing the same things over and over again, and you see how big and strong and fast these guys are, it just, it blows your mind. Like, the skill is unbelievable. So, it's the practices are free. Hmm. Check it out. It's And the players are super nice. The hockey players are down to earth. So, like, they'll talk to you, and if you have kids, they'll be nice to your kids. And yeah, you just need the Canadian translator. Yeah. And you, you park, or Russian, or... <laughs> right. Or Russian, the, the right. people, It's funny, the people that speak the best English are the Swedes. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, when you park your car at the rink, you actually park with the players. Like, hmm. you park right next to them. Um. So yeah, check it out. It's a good time. But he's taking the record. I don't. I just I, now that I've seen the fall off in the second half of the season, I can't. Plus, it, do do playoff goals count in the record? No, really. It's just regular season. Yeah. Mm, okay. Well, that goes out the window though. So, how long has he been playing now? His first season was oh five. So eighteen years. Yeah, quick math for all, yeah. for those of us. Yeah, it's quick for me. Yeah, but I'm not a math guy. But I think he can do it. He's he's going to do it. I don't, I don't know. I, I I like where my money's at right now. My all all of my five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bet. It is a big bet. We're, we're big it's, ballers. It's building. <laughs> the, the fact that we still have everyone listening is like, wait, you guys are arguing for five bucks. <laughs> yeah, of course we are. <laughs> 
It's just like every other person out there <laughs> would, because you know how. Like, all right, so how the bet came about? We're literally at a tot lot happy hour, <laughs> which we're not that degenerate. This is what we call it. Although the it's sad actually occurs in the playground. This. <laughs> The sad part is, like, when our kids, like, mention it in school. That's great. Like, my kid mentioned it to the teacher, like, on a Friday. She's like, they, I guess she was like, what are we guys doing? I'm going to Talat Happy Hour. Like, oh, <laughs> please tell me you didn't say that. Oh, yeah, it's I did. So, Why? It's so CPS. <laughs> right. I was like, ooh. That so probably like wasn't a, great. Like an episode but, of It's Always Sunny or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so almost every Friday until a certain until pool, pool opens. until pool opens, um, and then it just moves over to the pool, mm-hmm. and then the pool closes and we move it back mm-hmm. to a kid playground. Yeah. <laughs> There's no alcohol there at all, though. None. Anyway, uh, just coolers with unmarked cups. That's right. Um, so anyway, so we're there, and there's five, six of us. The ladies, yeah. the ladies are talking about their thing. The five, there's five or six guys talking about this exact topic. And two of us are saying there's no shot. Hmm. Three of them are saying yes. And you got the one abstaining, I believe. Either that or it's two, two, and one, or two, three, and one. I forgot what it was. Anyway, so we got, you know, voices are getting raised. Things are getting a little heated, a little excited. And so I said, enough. I'll put $5 down on this. Because. I always came from like if you if you believe in something so much, it's the old put your money where your mouth is. Put the skin in the game. So I was like, screw it, I'll bet five dollars on with anybody. So it wasn't like it was like a combined five dollars. Like I bet Mike five dollars. I bet uh, another guy five dollars. Like I think I got three five dollars. I got fifteen. So you got fifteen dollars. I got hey, this heavy hitter. More skin in the game. And so that's how the bets occurred. And it happened, I want to say this was two years ago, two seasons ago, yeah. that we talked about this. So this this bet is literally going to last five or six years before we figure out who won. I think you're losing 15. <laughs> Thank you. I don't see I, it. My whole thing is, it was never a matter of if he was a good player or not. Never. That was never my case. And the discussion always degenerates. It, it always ends up Crosby Ovechkin. And... That's different. To me, that's comparing a F-150 to a Ferrari. Mm. Like, two different types of players. Mm. So, well, so, But my thing was, I thought Father Time is eventually going to keep up, catch up to Alexander Ovechkin. And they're always like, well, he's, ne- he's never been hurt. So why would it all of a sudden start catching up? Because it's undefeated. Father Time's undefeated. Now, there are some guys that play forever. We get it. I got it. But I don't know if they can. He can remain that productive for this long, for that long. That's my thing. So let's say he can't do it in two more seasons. What if he's got to play a third or a fourth? What if he's got he's got to pull a Yager? He will put like if he's scoring three or four goals a season, and he's <laughs> and he's you know fifteen goals out. He'll play for another six years to get it. Do you think? But the other part is like someone about, will sign him to one year contracts, just. Vet minimum? You think he's going to take vet minimum? I think he would. How long did Lemieux play for? So Lemieux... Because I think like Gretzky, Lemieux, how long did they play? Like so greats. Lemieux Gretz- had the Hodgkins though. So. And he also had... Ah. Lemieux had a really bad back. Yeah. So Lemieux's 
So there are people that say Mario Lemieux was a better player than Gretzky. And Lemieux was so smooth. He would just be flying down the ice, yeah. but not looking like he was expending any effort. Mm. He had such a long stride. Um, and just amazing, like an amazing stick handler, mm. like just an awesome player. His career was cut short by, so I think he was probably 15 years, okay. somewhere like that, because he, I think I want to say he was drafted in 84, 85, somewhere. 84, 85 was his first year. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, he had really productive years. Mm-hmm. He had a three-year gap, though. Yeah. So ninety. So he played through 96, 97, then the Hodgkins year. Hmm. So he didn't play 97, 98, 98, 99, or 99, 2000. Wow. He came back 2000, 2001 season. Mm-hmm. So he has three seasons. Wow. Yeah. Then you have to look at. Look at what, if he, he can do that. Complete season. Um, so you're thinking it was originally so, uh, 80 games. So going down the list 73, 79, 63, 77, 76, 59, yes, 26, yep. 64, 60, 22. Yeah. So there was a and then and then he had a seventy a seventy six and then the Hodgkins year. Three years later comes back forty three games twenty four games sixty seven games, ten and twenty six. So no, he he, he, he really never he never played that. Yeah. Rebound. Yeah. So, but and I'm a Caps fan, so of course you have to hate the Penguins. But absolutely, Mario was awesome all Pittsburgh, to watch. and you know just a great player to watch, and but just so so smooth. Like the the stride was just it was crazy to watch him play. Um it didn't look like he was moving like it didn't look like he was putting any effort into moving as fast mm-hmm. as he was. You know, you or I would have to move our legs as fast mm-hmm. <laughs> we look like we're getting electrocuted. But he's just cruising. Yarmir Yager, on the other hand, I just pulled up his stats. My God. This dude came in the league nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. Played through the 2017-18 season. Yeah. And I think he wow. played for damn near every team in the league. That's almost 30 years. Yeah. Wow. My, although, so apparently, uh, that 2007-2008, I'm going to guess that there was a strike year between there, 2008 and 2011. So. Because he, he missed like, like 2008 to 2009, 2009, 2010, 2010, 2011. He missed three, those three seasons, too. Yeah. He did go to the Czech Republic and play for a couple so of years. So the 04-05 season was a complete loss. So 04-05, oh, oh, you're right. So 03-04 oh, oh, and then 05-06. Oh, 04-05 oh, yeah. oh, oh, was not a season. Nobody played. In fact, okay. that would have been an Ovechkin's rookie year, except for the, the lockout. And then there was another one that happened in 2012. I want to say where they played half a season because of a lockout, okay. and then so it looks like the twenty twelve twenty thirteen season. Yes, so he he's got forty five games now. He didn't miss a lot of games, so yeah. I'm going to guess you're right mm-hmm. on that one. That was probably the half season. Yeah, um, but this dude played a ton of games. Yeah, you're talking 80, 70, 81, 80. And he played 82, 63, 77, 81. I mean, 63, 81. 60, I mean, this dude, 60, 65-plus games almost every he played, single season. He played for the Penguins, Capitals, Rangers, Flyers, Devils, Bruins, Florida Panthers, and I think he played for the Calgary Flames. The only one you missed, Dallas. Stars. Wow. 
What year was that? <laughs> that was the only one you missed. Uh, 2012 to 2013. Okay. But he'd sign like one of your contracts. And he'd go yeah. play. Because the dude, he's just obsessed with hockey. He stuck with Florida for from 14 to 17. Yeah. One, of the, one of the best Yager stories was when the the Czech supermodel tried, she was a model, not a supermodel, but she tried to bribe him. So she took a picture of him sleeping after they had just after they just banged all night and then tried to bribe him 5,000 check whatevers for to keep quiet and he's like yeah I don't care tell whoever you want <laughs> <laughs> little, did, little did she know that was seven dollars <laughs> yeah. and then the thing is her boyfriend was a hockey junior hockey player in the Czech Republic who idolized Yager oh boy and then she did that and it's like Rough. you know it's almost like remember in uh, in Austin Powers when he comes up like to the future he's like for one million dollars and everyone just laughs at him because it's like yeah. nothing. <laughs> That's good. But yeah, she tries to bribe him. He's like, yeah, tell whoever you want. I don't care. <laughs> Let's see. I'm just looking at Wayne Gretzky stats. Guy came in the league '79 and played to '99, so he played 20 years. Uh huh. And I mean, he he did not. He didn't take any games off. He had some injury prone seasons there. For he had a he had uh, one, he had one, one with the Kings or two. Yeah. I guess he had two with the Kings that were injury. But hmm. for the rest of those years, sixty five plus. Hmm. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Even a year, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, eighty two, eighty two, seventy. Yeah. Cool. He, he doesn't have the typical hockey frame. No, in terms of now, yeah. yeah. He's not like 6'3", 6'2", 6'3". I can tell you exactly what he is. He's six foot. Okay. 185. Yeah, that's not the hockey frame. Lemieux was 6'3". He was 6'3 and over 200. Yeah. Gretzky was that slight of frame guy. Yeah. His helmet barely fit. He had that weird, like, he, I'm looking at the helmet now. So that was one of the, didn't fit his head. So that was a Yofa, one of those, that was a ball hockey helmet. And when the <laughs> league, so when the league mandated the helmet, a lot of guys wore that because it was like, I got a helmet on. It's like a hat. Yeah, really. <laughs> a it was like a plastic hat. Yeah. It didn't do anything. Yeah. Like, you know, it wasn't certified or anything like that. So. Yeah, how um, wild is that? Like, goalie's not wearing. Do you remember the last player not to wear a helmet? Mm, oh. I should know this. You should. Was it Craig McTavish? Yes, it was. Boom. Nice. It's a capital at one point. Rod Langway was a capital. He was the last capital not to wear a helmet. McTavish was a capital, right? Mm-mm. McTavish played for the Oilers. No, I got. I got to go. Yeah, Google shit. I thought I could have sworn he played for the Capitals at one point. Um, now the hockey playoffs are coming up. What another two months? Yeah, the Capitals won't be in it. No, they will not. <laughs> I gotta say, one thing that I can't stand about hockey in in the NBA. The playoffs last like almost three, four months. It's yeah. crazy. It, it's stop with that nonsense. Yeah. Well, in in both leagues, damn near half the league makes the playoffs. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like it really starts around Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> the well, se- the season doesn't even get good. It's like baseball. It's not even good till after the All Star break. Yeah. So. Well, it's like both. So both of them play eighty-two games, NBA, NHL. If half the teams are going to make it. Like, I, I just don't see the point of a regular season at that point. Like, especially if you're going to have a three-month playoff. Like, just get to the playoffs at that point. Yeah. 
Or make your if you're going to make your regular season 82 games, make it only so that eight teams make it. Mm-hmm. Total, not per conference. Total. Yeah. Yeah. And make it make your regular season worth something. Yeah, I, I like the I like MLB's playoffs. They keep expanding it though. Yeah. And they they expanded in a weird way. Like it wasn't they didn't add another three game series. They basically did a playing game, a yeah. one game playing game. Like yeah. come on, anyone who knows base, you have a hundred and sixty two game season mm-hmm. and you're gonna do a one game playing game? Yeah. Get out of here. Like right. I don't know who's yeah. thinking about this garbage. And baseball is weird because you'll see a team, they'll come out. Let's say the Orioles and the Yankees play a, a seven-game, mm-hmm. you know, series during the regular season, and like one of the games will be like, like the Orioles will pound the Yankees like sixteen nothing, and then the next game, it'll be the flip, it'll be the reverse. So it just depends on like pitching, yeah, bad pitcher or whatever. Now speaking of baseball, what do you think the rule changes? The, the pitch count? Yeah, so, I don't mind the pitch clock. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry, the clock. You're right. I want to see it in place. Like so, they've got it in spring training. Well, it's been in the minor leagues for a long time. Yeah, it does speed up the game. I mean, they they were showing game times two hours and thirty minutes. Yeah. But for, here's the thing: you wouldn't ask a bunch of people that don't watch baseball what would make you watch baseball, and they answered it, and then those same people are going to continue watching Netflix. So <laughs> why are we? Aaron Judge came out. He said it's just like NBA shot clock. So he was all right with it. Yeah. What I don't like is that you can only you can only throw to first base to pick off a runner once, because at that point they might as well take a lead halfway to second base. Yeah, you know, like why don't you just give them second base? So here's a question though: you can only throw it to first base once, but there's nothing saying you can't throw it to second base in front of the runner. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. then you might have more more rundowns. Well, so because <laughs> if the guy's going to lean. I mean, it, at least if you have the option to throw to second, you can stop him from going. Yeah. Whereas if you make their one throw to first, and he knows you can't throw to first again, but you also can't throw to second either, for the, being the pitcher. Yeah. I mean, that's that creates a completely unfair advantage, yeah. in my opinion, to the runner. There, ha- there has to be something where if he's actually stealing the base, you have to be able to turn around and throw the ball. Right. Now, I do like the fact they got rid of the shift. There's a part of me that doesn't because okay. I feel like a major league should be able to bunt. Yeah, <laughs> a major league player should learn how to bunt. I'm shocked that more more professional baseball players didn't do that so that they wouldn't have the shift all the time for years. Think about and the one the one person. Are you an Orioles fan? Very much so. Okay, then the one person we're all thinking about is Chris Davis. Yeah. Yeah. They put the shift on that dude, and I think it killed his. I think it killed his career his psyche. because it killed it, it killed his ego. He couldn't figure out how to hit opposite way. Now, look, you're you're going against a professional baseball pitcher. He's going to pitch you inside so that you hit into the shift. It's incredibly difficult, very difficult. to hit a ball the opposite way when you're getting basically stuffed on your hands. Yep, jammed. But. Imagine if he just learned how to bunt right down the third baseline. Well, well that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. If you would have just bunted down the third baseline, because the third in that shift, the third baseman's got to play deep, yeah. or at least halfway mm-hmm. through the dirt. So if you can get it, it doesn't even be a perfect bunt. It just has to go away from the pitcher a little bit. Yeah. And even his slow ass would have made it to first. Yeah. yeah. 
If you do that for three or four games, they're going to stop. The shift's done. Yeah, you've broken the shift. But no one did that for seasons. Has any, has anyone done it even since? Never saw it. I, I because th- if someone were to do it, you'd see it all over the sports the, highlights. The last team that really played small ball was Kansas City. You got to the World Series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they beat the that they way. beat Baltimore. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that right. was the year the, yeah. the it was when the AL East and they were the last and that's what killed Baltimore. Baltimore's just this big home run hitting team, yeah. and they relied on pitching, base stealing, and bunting. But you don't even have to do it for that many games. If you do it for four games, yeah, just to show you're willing to do it, that shift goes away for the entire season. Yeah, and then you have room to hit again. Yeah, like why? I, I don't understand why like nobody in, thought of this. It's like in football where. We geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's it like, must be that hard. Yeah. <laughs> to it's bunt? Like, to, um, yeah, you're right. Even yeah. attempting to bunt. Yeah, you're getting, right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. But it's like in football where, you know, you keep running the ball, it opens up your passing game. Yeah. Derrick Henry. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, you, the other team's now putting eight men in the box, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you just start launching the football. Like, it, it, it's the same, same. Bunting's like running the football up the guts. Yeah. So I'm curious when they're going to have three of the outfielders all on the right side as a shift. So they can't do it in the infield, but are they just going to put left and center field all on the right side to still do a shift so for that gap that. hit? So essentially you put one guy in. So let's say they're shifting to the right. So for a lefty, you're going to shift everybody to the right. I, th- From what I remember, though, it's not the infield. You have to have a certain number of players on the left okay. and the right side of second base. Basically, an imaginary line is up the middle. That's right. But the so plan- all, all the way to the, to the center field wall? I think so. Okay. So then the idea is you put your left fielder... I'm sorry. So you put your left fielder a little bit towards center. You put your center fielder on the other side of the line. And then you can bring your right fielder almost as that second... Almost as that third infielder, but not put him in the infield. You make him like a like a a second baseman playing real deep, mm. right on the grass though. Mm. So now you've got your three infielders, but you're sacrificing your outfield a little bit. But again, your your idea is that there's no way they're going to break this shift. So, because like we said, it's already going to be hard enough for them to get a blooper over, like where the shortstop normally would be. And drop it in left field, right? But again, though, if you if you got that third baseman playing back, because you, your shortstop's going to be almost playing on top of second base. Hmm. So if you can drop it, like if you can drop a bunt, any if that third baseman's playing back, you're going to break that shift. So there'll still be more gaps than there used to be. Should be, yeah, yeah. But again, but then it always came down to at least with Chris Davis, like, well, they're not paying me to bunt. Well, yeah. yeah, but they're not paying you to hit 180. Yeah, strike yeah. out 200 right. times a year. God, so bad. <laughs> you know, the year they re- they signed him to that huge contract, that was the same year the Nats signed Scherzer. Mm. So, like... What could have been? Had they just invested in pitching? Because that team was good. The starting pitching was terrible. Yeah. They were still... I mean, Ubaldo was a starter. Right. I got to the point where I put the O's, the O's game on, and if Ubaldo was on the mound, I just change it. Yeah. Oh, like, this game's good. <laughs> he wasn't on the playoff roster. It was so bad. Yeah. yeah. That was strange though, because 
Ubaldo, I don't know if you remember, he came from Colorado. Yeah, he had one good year in Colorado. And he had a couple good years. And then we paid him a dump truck yeah. load full of money. But here's the thing, though. If you had good stats in Colorado, they automatically assumed you'd have even better stats away mm-hmm. from Colorado. Yeah. And for him, it just never panned out for whatever reason. Um, but the it's other the thing Angelo's that, curse. Well, the other thing with that roster was they gave the money to Chris Davis the year after Nelson Cruz was let go. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he was great for the next four years. Well, yeah. well, well here's the thing. Though. He wanted a four-year contract, but he was like in his, he was like 37. Yeah. He also just, had just come off his suspension. Yeah, his ped suspension. Yeah, I remember that. He so went to they, a, they let him go. He ends up having a great four-year. Big ballpark, Seattle. Yeah. And I think in order to kind of make up for that, because they knew the fans were just pissed off about that, they signed Trumbo, who sucked. <laughs> And they signed Chris Davis, who all who just when they got him from Texas, he was a two twenty hitter that hit 25, 30 home runs a year. Mm-hmm. That's what he was. Mm-hmm. He came. He had that one that one season where he hit two eighty five or two ninety forty 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 five home runs, hundred RBIs, and he got paid. He pulled a Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he basically At least Joe his, Flacco won a Super Bowl. Right. Well, yeah. he took his one good season, got paid, yeah. and then never did it again. But yeah. right, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. He, he you're basically paying him for the Super Bowl that he already won. Yeah. yeah. And in this case, Chris Davis didn't win a World Series, and then he also decided not to play baseball again. And he's, and he's new, <laughs> Even when he was in the lineup. Yeah. <laughs> the new Bobby Bonilla right yeah. there. And and the weird thing is like they I remember the announcers trying to justify. Are they still it. paying him? Yep. Yep. Actually, I think I think that just ended. Did it? But the Orioles pay him until 2029. The <laughs> Orioles gave him that kind of contract too. <laughs> let's let's not think the Orioles didn't do dumb shit. Oh boy, they were just as dumb. Yeah. They just paid him. I think he gets five hundred thousand dollars every year from the Orioles. Sure. That, nothing. That guy's agent was a genius. Mm. He gave him a retirement plan. Yeah, he did. Two of them from That's... the Mets and the Orioles. For fuck's sake. <laughs> like yeah. That man's a genius. Mm. Yeah. I'm thinking like Jackie Styles from uh, from Seinfeld. God damn, that man's a genius. <laughs> Get him a contract. Um, they got the big base, bigger bases, which means more stolen bases. I haven't seen them, by the way. I don't know how many more inches. They can't, like, but the enough memes to... online are hilarious. But it's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More stats. That's what they're hoping for. Yeah, I get they want to improve, they want to make it more about running and, mm-hmm. and which it's almost like if you watch like women like college softball like those mm-hmm. games are there because like you you see a ball hit in softball I'm talking NCAA Division One level softball yeah. that if if a similar ball is hit in MLB it's an automatic out yeah. like a, a grounder to third base it's an out. Yeah. Like, the third basemen are so strong, they're going to fire that ball over to first. Yeah. No one's going to be able to run the 90 feet. But in softball, it's 60 feet, so they're those girls, and some of them are super fast, they'll beat the throw, mm-hmm. even if it's a perfect throw. Mm-hmm. So I get the fact they're trying to, which makes it exciting. Bursts of action. Yeah. yeah. So, but the older I get, the more I appreciate baseball. So I don't need you to turn it into basketball or football. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, let it be what it is. Maybe I'm having a get off my lawn moment. But. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever happened, well, I, they they changed what they wanted in players, right? You wanted the home run guy. You came up with this whole thing. Chicks dig the long ball. A, a home yeah. run's better than a walk. You know, whereas 
I mean, Billy Bean kind of came up with the, the new method of finding a baseball player. Whereas he, he, like whatever equation he had, it was, this is just as, this is better than this. So like a home runs better than a single or a walk. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the whole on base percentage yeah. is better than average batting average. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it yeah, right, because sing- uh, it doesn't matter if you get a single or a walk, you're still on first base. Yep. But a home run is better than a single. So then they prioritized home run hitters. When they taught hitting in the minor leagues, it was all about hitting home runs. But you also got rid of that that Ricky Henderson-type player that would steal or, or that would steal 80-something bases a year. Hundred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember like Vince Coleman stealing 100, what, 110, 120 a year. I mean, the 80s were magical for runners in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically algorithm them out of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you don't see a guy with more than like thirty stolen bases in a year, maybe forty. Is it is it a thing where like analytics and nerd baseball have kind of ruined it? Like analytics, analytics yeah. and nerd football. It's not yeah, like it's not worth the risk to steal second base and create an out mm-hmm. versus letting the guy that's up at bat hit a home run and get two runs. Yeah. Everything is based around the home run. Yeah, percentages, yep. Like, if, if you try and steal second and you get thrown out and the guy hits a home run, after that, you got one run instead of two. Yeah. It's not, like, in their mind, it's not worth the risk to steal second yeah. in case you get thrown out. It's ruined the game, in it'll my be, opinion, though. It'll be interesting to see what the larger bases do for that. Yeah, I mean, the stolen base is one of the most exciting plays in baseball, in my Yeah, opinion. how many plays are... Bang bang! When it comes to the stolen base, well, and I also like making the ballparks bigger because now you're bringing up you bring back triples, more gaps. You, you bring back maybe you bring back a, a, an inside the park home run or two. Mm-hmm. That's an exciting like those are exciting plays in yeah, baseball. Yeah. Like that's what gets people to go to a game versus just watching it on TV. Yeah, right. Yeah. Everybody's got the envision of Bryce Harper running his ass off to third and sliding, and his helmet comes off, and yeah. bang bang, and he gets a triple. Yeah. It's, that old, it's that old Pete Rose mentality. Yeah, exact same you know, thing. Like Charlie Hustle, you got it. He's, yeah. he's rounding second. The helmet's flying off. Yeah, the hair's the... flowing in the wind. Yeah. That's the Bryce Harper thing. Yeah, the relay play coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exciting. You know, and when you're in the stadium for that, nothing replaces that. Yeah. That when like when we were talking about this with like football. Football at home on your couch on TV is ten times better than going to a stadium. Hell yeah, it is. But if <laughs> a lot I, cheaper too. But if I'm if I'm going to see Comfier. A, well, if I'm going to see a baseball game though, and baseball is still a relatively cheap event to take. Your sure, yeah. You can still get tickets to the O's for eight bucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you want to go in the upper, I mean, shoot, I think even like some decent seats are twenty bucks a piece. And it's mm-hmm. a great view up there. Yeah. Well, it, but if you can if you can add back in that element of ex- exciting plays. I think you get some people back to the ballpark. Mm. I mean, the Orioles especially, why they don't do some things to get people back in the ballpark. One, lower the damn concession costs. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a family of four there, especially when the game starts at 635. It's starting at dinner time for mm-hmm. crying out loud, for most people. Yeah. Especially in this area, because you don't get home from work until 6, 630. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, if I wanted to take Say the five of us want to go to a baseball game. Six thirty-five start. If we're only say I get the twenty-dollar seats, right? So now I'm a hundred bucks in the hole just walking in. Mm-hmm. By the time I feed those little kids, I'm not getting out of there for less than three hundred dollars. Yeah, 
That's a, that's an expensive yeah. day. You need two hot dogs a piece. Yeah, mm. a pretzel probably. Yeah, an ice cream, cotton candy for one. Right. For then all four. Right, because yeah. that's the experience. Yeah. yeah, but after one game, you're three fifty in mm-hmm. plus twenty for parking. Yeah, yeah. Not to mention, some people think you take your life in your hands going into Baltimore City to see them. That doesn't help. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but you figure the cost alone for a family of five or a family of four for one game. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute, hold up. Yeah. And, and a lot of that cost is the concessions. It's not the ticket. Mm-hmm. But if you're going in $100 deep just on tickets for yeah. decent seats, mm-hmm. you don't want to be spending another two, $200 on food. Like, yeah. bring back dollar hot dogs for crying out loud. Yeah. They, a hot dog doesn't cost you that much money. Mm-hmm. Now, look, the beers, fuck them. That's fine. Char- charge your six mm-hmm. to seven dollars or eight to nine dollars. The money maker. Yeah, it's it's a frivolous. I mean, look, it's a frivolous cost. Yeah, like, you don't need to drink beer when you go to the game. In fact, you probably don't want too many people doing it. But it makes well, a lot of money. I go, do. I, I hang out at pickles or sliders. And get bombed. That's They're right. Breaking. That's the way to do <laughs> it. Know? But um, but make the food because the kids want to eat food. Yeah, the kids want the experience. I want. I want. They want the Sunday in the helmet. It's in the song. Yeah. To buy me some peanuts and crackers. That's right. right. You yeah. know well, that's. And as a dad with two boys, when you go, you want to grab a pack, grab, you want to get a pack of peanuts, yeah, and you want to crack shells and put them on the ground with your mm-hmm. boys, yeah. That you got to teach them. That's, that's how right. they, that's how you learn, right? You don't learn in your backyard. That's mm-hmm. no, no one wants to clean that peanuts up. Peanuts don't even mm-hmm. taste the same right. outside the ballpark, <laughs> right? They get that salt content just right. <laughs> but then, but then we were talking about we we go to Baysox games right yeah. down the road. That's a good. Kid experience. You're yeah. talking $9 a ticket. Parking's free. Parking is 100% free. And which you is park free. right there. Yeah. Fireworks. Yeah, you're not walking a mile. Fireworks on Friday. Yeah. Yep. Kids they run even, the bases. Kids run yep. the bases. The ki- the players talk to the kids. Yeah. Like, they're right there in the stadium. That's great. They're right there on the uh, on the, on the field. My problem with the Bay Sox Stadium is the concessions again. They're expensive. They are for a mm. minor league stadium. Yes, they're, char- they're charging major league concession prices. Yeah. I couldn't believe it last time we yeah. went. I could not believe it. Like a yeah. hot dog was like what seven dollars. So I I spend less money going to a Capitals game than I do going to a Bay Sox. Wow! Game. And the cheapest seat for a Caps game is like sixty four bucks. Mm. And but when I go to a, when I go to a Caps game, I'm that nerd that shows up. I watch warm ups. Mm-hmm. I don't drink beer at a cat like when I go. So they used to have a deal. It was uh, large popcorn and a large Coke, and I it, it was like movie theater prices, like stadium prices, but it was free refills. That's good. So I would just crush popcorn because I love popcorn and, and drink Coke and watch the Caps play. That's I I wasn't getting up. I wasn't getting beer. I was getting to get yeah. pee and all this. Not it was nope. I'm watching the game. I spend less money for myself to no go kidding. there than I would. So, well, my, here's my thing with with the Bay Sox. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, that's the Orioles Double A affiliate, and they're not that far from Baltimore, so it a lot of Orioles fans can get there. And there's a it, it's based between Annapolis, DC, uh, PG County. It's in PG County. It's convenient to everywhere. Yeah, it's very convenient. It's right off of 50. I mean, you couldn't make this any easier for people to get mm-hmm. to. But when we've gone to games, what percentage of the stadium do you think was filled? Maybe on a good day, 20. Yeah. I was I was going to say even though I was going to say 10. Yeah. 
and we've bet a couple times. Mm-hmm. You're, you have zero cost with the entry tickets. So when someone buys a ticket to the game, it's pure profit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you obviously have sunk cost, right? But make your money there. Stop trying to make all of your money on concessions. Mm-hmm. I get it. Concessions make money, mm-hmm. right? But again, make it on the beer. Mm-hmm. Don't make it on the I mean, you can make it on food, too. A hot dog doesn't. A hot dog maybe costs them a buck, a buck fifty. Mm-hmm. Charge three instead of seven. Mm-hmm. You can still triple your money on it. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, if someone goes to a minor league game, and I don't have to drop a hundred bucks for a family of four, what are the chances I'm going to go more than once? Yeah. A lot, right? Because mm-hmm. I can. It's twenty minutes from the house. I can get there. And not have to leave work early. Yeah. And go during the week and not get home, you know, midnight. 11, yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, I could feed my family of four for 60 bucks, mm-hmm. which is what it would cost me at a restaurant anyway. It's a good yeah. summer night. Right. Yeah. And I get fireworks, and maybe my kids get to run the bases. Yeah. Maybe you get more than 10% of your stadium filled if you did this shit. Yeah. And the thing with the minor leagues, the minor league team does not pay the player salaries. Right. Or the coaching staff or anything. The the big league club pays for all that. The minor league stadium, like the owner of the team, pays like concessions, all that grooming. They pay for all that stuff. But the players' salary, the cost of the actual baseball is covered by the major league team. Right. They got to pay for the lease of the stadium mm-hmm. and the support staff and grounds crew. Yeah. That's not much cost you're trying to cover. Right. You can cover that with ticket prices. And then all your concession again. The more people you get in, the more food you're going to sell. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. No, nobody's figured that formula out though. Because every time we go there, the food. Like every time we've gone, I keep saying, "Wow, I can't, I can't, re- I can't believe the food costs so much." Yeah. I can't believe a beer sixteen dollars. Yeah. Now, granted, it's like a big, bigger beer, but it's like God, this is yeah. you're 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 paying major league prices at a minor league park. No, no, no. Come on now. Yeah. Like, whoever's running that team should fire the entire staff. I think they're all pretty much the same, though. Are they, though? I don't know. I mean, I've never been up to Frederick. I don't know what the Frederick keys are. Well, now they've reorganized it, so Frederick's not even there. They're not the single-A affiliate anymore? Mm -mm. They got the Shorebirds down in Salisbury. Yeah, so now it's Frederick is like a a summer Premier League or something like that. Okay. So it's almost like, like a step above the Cape League. Okay. Um. But yeah, so there's the short there's there's single A. Yeah, the Marva Shorebirds is A. Aberdeen is high A. That's Aberdeen's that, low A. Oh, low A. Okay, the Marva's high A then. Yeah. Okay, and then Norfolk's triple A. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see the prices at Norfolk, or even Del Marva. Yeah. Just to compare, mm-hmm. like are they just trying to take advantage because this they 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 got the Bay Sox in a high traffic area. Yeah. Not that it matter. I mean, not that that seems to matter though because they're not getting attendance. Like, I, I don't see, like, for me, it's like, you're basically killing a fan base if you're going to put a double-A team within 20 miles of the team, mm-hmm. but make it cost prohibitive. Yeah. Hmm. Why Why is anyone going to go to that? If concessions cost the same at Camden Yards and ticket mm-hmm. prices, the only benefit you're looking at is... Parking? Yeah. Convenience. Right. Convenience is a large part of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is easier to go, because you just, you park and you walk in, it's not... 
It's not a long walk. The only time it's really yeah. packed there is when like they do the Naval Academy night and they bring all the midshipmen <laughs> there. David Bowie night's pretty fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's there's also like Star Wars night. Yeah. So like they they've got the promotions down. But you gotta get people in. Yeah. yeah. That place there's no reason that place shouldn't be packed. With how many people live around that stadium? Mm-hmm. Like with within a twenty minute distance driving, yeah. I mean, shoot, man. I mean, we might be twenty five minutes at most. Yeah, it, it doesn't take long to get there at all. Yeah. It drives me nuts. But uh, nice little segue from sports, though. So we're we're coming up on spring sports season, mm-hmm. which is our favorite season. Yeah, not for the sports and the kids but because we get to see all the crazy sports parents come back out. <laughs> it's their season to shine. Yeah. They're going to bring all the crazy back out for everybody to see. Mm-hmm. And personally, I, I, I'm here I'm here for it. I'm, I can't wait to see it. Just because the last couple years, I feel like people have gotten crazier <laughs> because of all the political stuff that's going on. Yep. And they're, they're just br- they're bringing all their, their, their crazy from online. And they're bringing it to the sports field. <laughs> and we get to see it all on display. Yeah, I... So I'm trying to think. Last last year was pretty tame for... for Well, my littlest one is playing t-ball, so that's just... I mean... Hard to be angry at that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, I, I haven't had too much problems with... The older kids, but I want to see what goes on because my oldest is moving up to twelve U now, so I want to see what goes on there. So we've been fortunate; we we haven't had too many crazy parents. Now there are some, but they're not they're low key crazy. Mm-hmm. Like they're not putting it out there like yelling and screaming. They're kind of doing the muttering under their breath a little bit. Like they're trying to keep it tame. We. We tend to have the parents, like, we have a lot of don't-give-a-shit parents. Like, they, they look at the team as, like, a babysitter for their kid. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll go to practice. They go to every practice, and they and they sit there in the bleachers, and they're looking at their phone the entire time. Meanwhile, you got some parents that will get off their ass and be like, how can I help? Yeah. Like, we got one guy. You know Nick. Mm-hmm. I think Nick listens. If you're there, Nick, what's up? So Nick likes to be. He's like, I'm. I'm here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do some shit. Like, where do you need me? Mm-hmm. Like, he's not. A, he's not a head coach. He's not an assistant coach. It basically, if if the team needs him to pitch a couple innings to get the girls some batting practice, he's pitching. Yeah, brings the glove. Does what he. Or when he's not, when he wasn't there, like one year, he saw. He was like. Oh, here's a softball pitching machine and up in Glen Bernier. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go buy it. Hmm. And then the next practice, he comes with the pitching machine, brings his generator, <laughs> and great. we're literally running this thing <laughs> on a generator and on the other open field. So we got two fields going now. We got like, we got the three or four, one head coach, three assistant coaches. And we got like four more parents doing some stuff. And then you got like the three or four more parents that are just sitting on their ass. Like, don't you see what's going on around you? Don't you feel like an <laughs> yeah. ass? Don't you feel you? You're the you're the guy who's not even who, who who can't even get off off your ass and 
do something with your kid, with your daughter, because mm-hmm. softball. That's mm-hmm. I'm just like, or if there's like a day when like two or three parents aren't there to help, they still won't do it. Mm. Or like I remember during like during t-ball, it was like there was two of us. We needed a third base coach, so I'm over at first base. The other guys up there with the hitters putting the ball in the tee and everything. So we need someone at third base. And we're like, hey, can anyone? Can and you get one or two parents. Oh, sure, I'll do. And everyone else is looking around like waiting for <laughs> someone. Like you can't, you can't coach third base yeah. for 6U softball. Yeah, you can't and say, run to me, no, run to me. There's <laughs> no coaching. Yeah. It's, yeah. come on, yeah. keep yeah. running, yeah. run to third. Right here. And then... Go, go home. Yeah. Go home. That's all it is. That's all it is. There's like you're not you don't got to steal signals. You're not signaling yeah. to first base with <laughs> yeah. the with the, the signs going on. You don't got to do any of that. Yeah. It's just like oh my. But when when like my oldest, she's playing tenue. And they're like the same parents will just sit there and be on their phones during the practice. It's like you just got out of work. You were yeah. on your phone all day at work mm-hmm. or on a computer, or whatever. Like, even, like, me, I ask if I'm needed. If I'm not needed, I just stand. I'll talk to some. I'll talk to some of the other parents. Yeah. Whatever. Shoot the shit. But I'm not on my phone. So I go, I always bring my glove if I'm going to one of the kids' practice. And I hang out. And if I'm needed, great. Now, there are some dads that have to be out on the field. <laughs> my thing is, if the coach needs me, He'll say, hey, Mike, can you run? So, like, my oldest, his coach, likes to do, like, a clinic-style practice. So they're moving around to different stations, which is great because it keeps it moving. It keeps them engaged. Yeah. Structure. Yeah. So he'll say, hey, can you run hitting? Yeah, I got you. And I'll go out and I'll, you know, I'll run, whether I'm, you know, because I have heavy balls. He'll like, hey, did you bring your heavy balls? Oh, they're in the trunk. So, because right now the contents of my trunk becomes camping chairs and baseball stuff. Yep. Like, I'm sure there's something in there. I got, or, bat, I got bats clinging around on my yeah, trunk right now. <laughs> if it doesn't need me, I hang out. I mean, there was games for for uh, fall ball where, like, I'm running the bench or I'm first base coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there with the kid on first. He's like, what's the signal for st- Coach Mike? What's the signal for Steele? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> go! Let's maybe, go! Maybe a swipe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? If we come back in the third base, coach like, why would you guys steal? Like, oh, we both forgot to signal. <laughs> but you single over to the third base. Yeah. That's my bad, dude. I forgot what yeah. I forgot what it was. Yeah. Or I keep score. Like you need me to keep score. Or I'll I do like nothing. Them. Like whatever yeah. they need. Because I've coached these teams before. Yeah. I know it takes a lot of effort. Um, especially with the younger the older they get, it's a little bit easier. Um it then becomes like order maintenance, like you know, making sure they're not screwing around too much and mm. they're not climbing on but the little kids, it's like, okay, where's your hat? Where's your glove? Mm-hmm. You're like getting them dressed because they lose everything. Um, so, but the older kids, like, you know, if you don't need me for, to do anything, I won't do anything. I'm not going to push my will on the field. Yeah. Um, if you need me for something, you want me to go out there and hit fungos, you want me to shag balls, yeah. whatever you need, I'm going to help you with. Because I've been there. I've done it. And I've been a coach with... It's fun. Yeah, with parents. I, I, now I'm coaching T-ball this year for my youngest. And I tell the parents, like, the first day, I'm like... If you have a glove, bring it. I will draft you. Like, it's it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, if you're here, what if we don't know anything about baseball? Well, that makes two of us because yeah, I don't know we'll anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I feel yeah. Like the, I, the key is to set it early, though. Like, 
especially if you're the coach on like the T-ball teams or like the next level up, mm-hmm. you almost need to condition the parents that they're going to need to come out and help. Yeah. And that kind of just carries through. Mm-hmm. Um, you you notice which teams have done it and which teams have not. Yeah. Like uh, on my daughter's older team, it's literally seven, eight parents out there helping. Um, now I remember one time the 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 coach asked me to like hit fly balls to the outfielders. I looked her down in the face. I said, "I can't do that." <laughs> and she said, "Well, why not?" I said, "Because I'll never hit. I'll never make contact and get the ball to the outfield." Yeah. Because so she wanted me to go to the outfield and hit the ball. So that, yeah. And I was like, I do not have the coordination to do yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, is there anything else I can do? Yeah. I will do anything. I'll take someone over for the tee. I'll I'll, tee, yeah. I'll do hitting on the tee. And like during the games, I love. I'll keep score. I love keeping score. Yeah, me too. I'm a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll do. It's like you're asking me to do something I physically can't do because I don't have. I, I used to yeah. be able to, yeah. but now it's just awful looking. So I always I look f- like a stupid yeah. ass, like trying to swing this shit. <laughs> this ain't golf. <laughs> yeah, like I'm trying. I'm trying to hit the ball in the air. I'm hitting ground balls to the outfield. Just bring your lacrosse stick and chuck it up. There you go. Honestly, my my lacrosse thing has been in the garage for like the last six years. The the webbing and the net it's probably just dry. It's so dry rotted. Dude. Like, I haven't. I haven't. I seriously think if I try to throw a lacrosse ball right now, I think I would probably throw. I, I would probably tear both labrums, <laughs> and my back would be thrown out. So I usually, for fly balls, I usually just end up throwing them. Yeah, but yeah. the awesome at, at thing that is, age too, I throw my arm out. Right, that's what ha- I would. That would happen yeah. to me too. Because yeah. then it becomes because <laughs> not within my physical capability. Because we're we all still, you know, our minds don't mature much past twelve years old, yeah. and we still think that we're. 22 physically so then there's some young kid like it's you know logan started playing 12u uh for fall and he went from being one of the older kids in his in 10u to now he's one of the younger kids so their kids are like pretty big and they're strong and like then i'm like trying to like out throw them oh you think you throw hard (laughs) okay i'm gonna break your hand And then, and then you and break your, start, and then you break your shoulder. And I break yeah. my body. Yeah. <laughs> I start throwing gas at him. Like, yeah. what are you doing, you yeah. fool? Like, this is where women are smarter than men. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, they're. Oh, wait, like, no, no, no. No, no, no. Trust me on this. <laughs> Was your wife throwing gas at these girls? Or? So, because we had that pitching machine, the ladies, the lady coaches of the team thought that they were going to get up in there and, uh, Takes a batting practice of their own. <laughs> so my wife did it, and the next day she was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm in so much pain." <laughs> like yeah. she was sore for like three days afterwards. I was like, "That's what you get for thinking you're young." <laughs> before before this, I was an athletic trainer. Oh wow! So I was doing athletic training at, at Salisbury, and I worked with the baseball team. And I was eighteen, nineteen, you know learning to be a certified athletic trainer, but, you know, working with the Tommy Johns guys and then just, yes, yeah, throwing all day. I'm doing two a day baseball team. Oh, I might as well throw the whole time. You know, <laughs> couldn't do that today. Uh-uh. Yeah. Everything will hurt. Yeah. Rubber arm awful. back then. Yeah. Um, we have crept up on almost an hour in this show wow. and we, and we have not done weight loss. No, we I'm sure the crowd is on the edge of their feet, their chairs. I'm sure they are. Um, do we do? Should we do a quick update now, or just save it for next week? I think mm. give him a cliffhanger. Give him a little something. All right. Give him a little something. Yeah. So, 
I forgot where we left off. Did we did we tell everyone about the dietary changes? I I believe we kind of did. Yeah. Or at least I did. Yeah, and then I but I joined up with you. Yes, but I don't so, think they know that yet. Right. So Alex is using the carb manager app. So I'm pretty much like he's paying the doctor and I'm just coming along like a <laughs> like a pilot fish the beta. getting the scraps. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, I'm going to do the same thing. So I went and set it up for my goals, and I guess we set it up for similar goals. So it put me at 42 carbs a day. Except when I look at that, I make it a game, and my game is zero. Mm. And I've been doing pretty good at hitting zero. And I think, in fact, at one point last week, I was actually in ketosis because I had had no sugar, no Mm. carbs at all. Um, The cool thing about it that I've noticed is since I'm not eating sugar and starchy foods, I don't crave them. And mm-hmm. I'm not hungry. Like, I'm just, I'm not, you know, a lot of people, oh, I'm going to die and I'm starving, I'm miserable. No, I'm not. And I've been eating stuff like pork rinds, um, sardines for a snack, like protein, like, little, you know, cheese sticks. Um, I'm bringing a lot of things like chili and stuff like that to work that are, you know, just high protein foods. And just feeling good, mm. like not feeling tired or hungry. So it's a, uh, hmm. it's a cool thing. Like I'm, I'm glad I'm doing it. So yeah, I, I'm with you on the the, the not craving the sugar. Um. That being said, there's been a couple of days where I've been like, "Ooh, sugar." Yeah. Um. So like I'd say in the past two and a half, three weeks. I've had two days right over the carb limit. Mm-hmm. Um, not really cheat days, but cheat-ish days. Like one day we went to a Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. Like we actually went to a Chinese. It wasn't takeout. We went yeah. to a Chinese restaurant and we got sushi. I'm a big sushi fan. Yeah, me too. And rice has got carbs out the wazoo. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? It, there's probably not many calories in this meal because it's fish. Lean. It, it, it's it. I mean, fish has so little calories to it. Um. So basically, it was rice and seaweed and fish, and of course the sauces and whatnot. But anyway, so I ate some sushi. Um. I think I had a, an egg roll and like some rice noodles, and and then mm. I did like a broccoli and beef and broccoli or something. So there's no carbs in that. So, but the but the rice noodles had some carbs, yeah. but I only had a little bit of it. Um. But that was like my cheat day yeah. for carbs. And then I had another one where I had some the Australian licorice things. Mm-hmm. Had a few too many. You know. But, and that I think that kind of did me in more. Like, I did not feel good the next day. Yeah. All the sugar. Like it, it was the sugar, but it was like what it did in my digestive system. It wasn't that it made me like sugar high or anything. The nausea I had the day after. Now, I also don't know if some of the nausea... I've heard like keto flu. Mm-hmm. There is n- nausea and vomiting associated yeah. with that. Like it, mm-hmm. I heard it sucks. Um, <coughs> and I've been a little bit like uh, that was probably last week that it happened. But then like my nausea's kind of come back again this week. Yeah, I haven't had any nausea issues now. Presence day, my wife took the kids to the doctor and then came back and brought bagels back. And she bought me two salt bagels. She wasn't even thinking. She just thought she was being nice. And I was like, oh, she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I should have done that. 
So I'm looking at them. No one's going to eat a salt bagel. I love a salt bagel. So I'm looking at this thing. So I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to eat one, which then turned into two. And blew my carbs <laughs> out the window for the day. So, well, maybe I'll make today a cheat day. So then for lunch, we ended up going to Red Hot and Blue. Um, well, that's the I, perfect place not to cheat. Yeah. It's all, it's all meat. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Except good. the sides. Oh, um, yeah. That's true. But I did, with Take my entree, I did good. I got the rib combo, so I got, and I got the dry rub. So we got chicken wings with a dry rub and ribs with a dry rub. Now, the sides were a disaster. Um, and then for dinner, I had four slices of pizza, which was about what I'd eat anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I'd crush a whole pie, which I can easily do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the calorie intake, from, that's what I would have eaten and thought, oh, I didn't eat that much today. 4,000 calories yeah, and all that. So the cool thing about this, even if you're not staying with just the fact that you're conscious of what you're eating, mm-hmm. it really makes you mindful of what you're putting in your body. Mm-hmm. So with this, I did, like, some might say, oh, your calories are too low. Like, I, they're giving me 3,300 a day. I'm having trouble. I, I can't hit anywhere near it. I've had the same problem. And I'm hitting, but then the thing is, like, it's discounting for workouts and activity because it's connected to my watch. Right. So mm-hmm. before I ate dinner, my net calorie intake was 74 hmm. for the day but i didn't feel hungry so i'm like if i'm not hungry why am i gonna go and force myself to eat i'm never hitting the fat or protein sometimes i hit the protein macro because i'm eating a lot of ground beef i never i hit fat once in a while because of the fatty meat yeah but I, i've never hit the protein but i, I kind of so i've taken the mentality of there's really two there's two metrics i'm using the carbs because of the insulin issues mm-hmm and the calories because you need a calorie deficit. Yeah, I, I will say that. So I'm I've given I've been given the allotment of twenty four hundred calories a day. Okay. I want to say the last week I've averaged fifteen. Yeah. And I'm not, but I'm not hungry. Though. Like, I'm literally having trouble eating the calories, which I guess is good. I mean, it's more of a calorie deficit. It's not starvation mode. I mean, you're not under a thousand. No. Right. But mine's with. I mean, that fifteen hundred though. That's n- without exercise. So I'm not getting an exercise yeah. bonus out of this. Um, and the other thing with the carbs, the cheat days, so far the good part is one day hasn't turned into two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... One day has been one day. Yeah. All right. Now I might have one another one two weeks from that, but it's not two days in a row, three days in a row. Right. Four, it's, not, it's not, okay, well, the, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we... We had a management retreat at work earlier this week, and they provided box lunches, one of which was firehouse subs. So I ate it, blew the carbs out the window. Mm-hmm. But that's but for the rest of the day, I was good. Yeah. And then for the foods I love, like French fries and all that stuff, um, we went to the diner for dinner. I got an omelet, and instead of getting home fries for the sides, I got cottage cheese. Hmm. Yeah. And that worked out really well. And the fries, yeah, I wanted to eat them, but what I, the the thing is, and, and mentally, and and Luke, you might be able to jump in on this. Maybe I'm <laughs> completely off base, but mentally for me was, I didn't tell myself you can't have French fries. I just chose not to eat French fries. I didn't. Yeah, you don't want them anymore. Yeah, it's because like, you don't you don't want to you don't want to fuck up what you got yeah. going. And it's this game thing that I got going on with my with myself where, when I see because. Carb manager is really cool because it it puts everything out of these graphs and charts. Mm-hmm. And like when I see like zeros or like really tiny little bits of 
of carbs for the day. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to keep that streak going. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm playing this game like an internal challenge, and then just telling myself that rather than restricting myself, like you can't eat French fries because you're a fatty. It's no, you can eat French fries whenever you want. Mm-hmm. I'm just choosing not to eat French fries today. Kind of the acceptance of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely a different mindset now, but I also think it helps that we've both seen results from it. Yeah. And we're like, we're in the past, we were doing things with the restrictive diets and whatnot, and it, just, it, it wasn't working, mm-hmm. right? So we're like, okay, well, why are we doing this? Or maybe it would work for a little bit, and then you'd plateau yeah. for a really long time. Like, it was, it was just done. Like, your body was done. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I guess this isn't going to work either. I'm going to move on. Well, this is this level of carbs that my doctor's got me on and you're on. I mean, it's worked. I mean, we're talking almost 15, 12 to 15 pounds in three weeks. Yeah. After we got the carbs, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking eight, it was about eight pounds. Yeah. Eight pounds before. So it was like, it was like an initial five gain some weight back, whatever it was, but it's, it's been about, f- I think 14 pounds since mm-hmm. we went down to the 40 carbs and the protein hasn't mattered. The fat hasn't mattered. Uh, I made sure to stay under the 2,400 calories. Now, most days I get to 15 and that's it, but there's some days I get to 700 and that's it. Yeah. Some days, like if, if I don't include the exercise portion, I'll be around 2000. But see, but you have an allotment of what? 3,300. Okay then. So you're still, you're still at a deficit. Yeah. So you guys have been doing this for a while. How do you feel and how's your mood with it? So I think my mood is has improved, um, especially once I got over the. So when you first deprive yourself of sugar, so sugar activates the same centers in the brain that heroin does. Bingo. And once I so when you quit sugar, like when I stop eating sugar, I actually feel hungover. It's a withdrawal. Yeah, I feel like crap. Mm-hmm. And. I'm thinking to myself, man, I must have tied one on this, but I didn't drink anything last mm-hmm. night. I just feel mm-hmm. like garbage. Yeah. Once that wears off, I feel like my focus is better. Um, my mood's improved. And there's actually um, another podcast I listened to where uh, it was Huberman again. I got to check it out. And he was talking to a, to a psychiatrist that had his own mental health issues and went on the keto diet and resolve them and then you had another the guy had schizophrenic affective disorder schizoaffective yeah so it was like which i thought was like lesser great but it's actually like like worse Mm -hmm. than regulars and he uh when he was on keto he his he was completely like not completely fine but much much better than he was Mm -hmm. so it Snow joke? Yeah. Sugar so, snow joke? Yeah. So in mine, it wasn't mental. Like, I don't feel like I got mentally clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I'm awesome anyway. <laughs> but I was awesome before. Nothing. So not like a brain fog thing. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Um, for me, where it's really helped, and this just could be because I'm eating less than I was before. I mean, I was probably a three to 4,000 calorie a day person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm down... You know, 2,200 the max or 2,400 the max. That's significant. It, and it is. But, and, and 2,400 is supposed to be a 
I believe a 500 calorie deficit per day for me based on all the maths that the, this app apparently does, mm-hmm. whether it's true or not, I don't know. But for me, where it's helped the most has been my digestive issues. The GI distress. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I have IBS, which yeah. and it's generally, from what we understand, it's anxiety induced IBS. Like, mm-hmm. for example, I had a colonoscopy in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I was knocked out cold. So I was under anesthesia and uh, <laughs> uh, my my under regions uh, clamped down on the camera twice. <laughs> Good story. So unconsciously, my body you puckered up. up. Yeah. Well, not not that area. In, uh, like in in there when the just, camera was deep in. So like your internal sphincter. Yeah, the the col- whatever the colon. <laughs> so the colon portion. Okay. <laughs> the part that regulates whether you're gonna shit or not. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we don't really understand. So. We haven't figured out why it happened. So okay. I've had GI issues going back into my 20s. Yeah. Um, but I seem to have less issues now. And I'm wondering if part of it was the carb, the way my body, I guess, digests carbs. Maybe you're just running through mm-hmm. or... Not or maybe it just had a bad effect, created a bad what what they call gut biome. I guess I, I have no idea. Gut health. Yeah, yeah I, I I don't know. I, I'm this is not scientific. Again, mm-hmm. don't this is not a scientific podcast. Mm-hmm. There is no factual information mm-hmm. being given to you. Um, but it's hard not to notice the correlation that's been going on at least in the last month. And don't get me wrong though, I've had a couple of days where like there's something's going on in there. And it just has not felt great. Um, but once I kind of like steadied out a little bit, it's been much better. Um, not going as much, mm-hmm. not as, um, irregular, I guess mm-hmm. to say like, and, and I know people are probably loving to hear about my, my bowel movements going on. <laughs> it's more about the sphincter, but sure. I'm, I'm sure whatever's, whatever part of me that's doing this, you know, I'm sure they're loving it. Uh, that seems to be the biggest difference right now. Um, but on top of that, I mean, so for me, I've got a gut that kind of hangs down over the, over the belt area. It's called Dunlop's disease. The Dunlop. Yep. Sure. Sure. Great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. It's a diagnosis. Yeah. yeah. So you could usually tell when the fat cells felt full. Hmm. It was very, like it was very firm, right? Now you can kind of tell that the fat cells aren't as full. Um, which I guess is like the first step to the fat cells liquidating and leaving through the, mm-hmm. the gut system. Um, because if you, if you, the fat cells don't go away, they can easily be refilled. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's making sense. Yeah. They're like the adipose tissue, the memory for the adipose tissue. Right. Yeah. So these yeah. fat cells that are being used. So like in my case, having as much insulin as I've had in my body, it, causes you to cause me to store fat fairly easily well if those fat cells can liquefy and go away mm-hmm. there's it has to create new fat cells in order to and it's harder to, it, it's harder to do that hmm. um, but you can tell that the fat cells don't feel as solid hmm. which means the fat is leaving the fat cells supposedly hmm. so the internet told me hmm. right now I don't know whether it's true or not but anyway so that's, I mean, that's a positive sign. Unfortunately, though, it like it looks probably worse than it did 
when it was firmer than it does now. Mm-hmm. So, but it's kind of like it gets worse before it gets better <laughs> as far as the looks are concerned. Um, but I, I guess my my experience with this is that because it's working, I'm probably more apt to stick with it, mm-hmm. even through a plateau. Because there's going to be one. Sure. Yeah, you're going to hit a plateau. Like there's got to be. And you know you're, you know once you get rid of all the, you stop losing water weight, and you know you start more. You might see a. Every week you might see less of a difference on the scale, but as long as it's trending in the right direction, you know. Um, and I give myself a couple of pounds either way. So if I'm, you know, a pound over where I was, the day before, like I'm okay with that. You know, as long as it's not like. And then the next week, as long as I know I'm doing the right thing, like it's eventually going to come right. back. But I think the important thing is to also go by how you feel, not just the number on the scale. Because you could go and starve yourself to death, and lo- you'll lose weight. You'll see mm-hmm. results on the scale. You're going to be miserable and eventually die. But, you know, is that what you're, you're doing it for the number on the scale or for body composition and how you feel? So The number on the scale. <laughs> okay. I'm being, I'm being honest with you that because the number on the scale for me, is probably if the number goes down, that probably means my body composition is getting in a better place than it is yeah. right now. At least for now. Mm-hmm. After, I mean, if I get down to like two fifty, then no, it's going to be a different. Now we're talking; it's a different ball game at that point. Yeah. Right now, I just got. I need to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your bowels are better and you have more energy, great. Right. Well, the energy part I have has not gotten better, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and that's that's another. That's something else I got to talk to the doctor about. Mm-hmm. But one other thing that he brought up was a drug called metformin. It's a very popular thing with actors and actresses. No, 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 that's not. No, you're thinking of semaglutide. That's what I'm thinking. Semaglutide yeah. is the one I took, and I had a horrible reaction to it. Okay. Um, but metformin is a dia- It is a diabetic yeah, drug. Yeah, that's right. But it does something else. It doesn't. It's not meant a secondary benefit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it doesn't do what those do. Um. But it has to do with something in with insulin and how much it it, it stores fat. It, there, gotcha. There's, I think it actually helps you reduce the amount of insulin you, you produce. Hmm. Which for me right now, like my body produces way more insulin than it should, hmm. and like eat so even at rest. So my my fasting insulin hmm. was double the high range. Yeah. Um. And then when I did the glucose fasting, the insulin did its job. It brought the glucose back into range. Mm. So, and at the third at the third hour blood draw, my glucose was back in normal range. My insulin was triple what it should have been. Mm. Like the insulin wasn't coming back down to normal with the glucose, which it should. Um, mm. Now that could also indicate that I have other pancreas issues going on, mm. but we're gonna find that out with a poop test at some point. It should be fun. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on with my poop. Your, your sphincter. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So we're gonna we're gonna test the poop and see what's in there, which should be great. Good times. Yeah. Um, but on that note, we want to thank Cheers and Spirits <laughs> for for sponsoring this episode. I'm, I apologize to Cheers and Spirits for basically plugging them into probably the worst parts of this <laughs> podcast. Uh, but thank you for sponsoring this episode. Uh, they, their uh, spirits and beers over there will not probably cause you 
any bowel problems whatsoever. So you should feel free to go over there. Uh, we just tried the Basil Hayden Toast, which we got from Cheers and Spirits. Uh, different kind of whiskey for both of us. We don't dislike it. I mean, I came into this thing and I was going to not like it again because the first time I had it, didn't like it so much. We're both kind of on board with it a little bit, but it's different from the others. It's a yeah, lot different. I like it. I'm, I mean, I don't want to run out and buy it as much as I would run out and buy regular Basil Hayden. But. Yeah. It's, like, it's, it's just, I guess if you know we were going to be those snooty people that were reviewing it, I'd say it's got that dry kind of flavor to or the dry taste to it, where it just it doesn't stay on your tongue. Yeah, it, it doesn't give you that second that second taste while it sits there. It kind of gets in there, you get a taste of it, and it's gone. So, uh, so again, cheers and spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza over in Arnold, Maryland. Thank you again for sponsoring this episode. And yeah, maybe uh, you know, if anyone else is is getting on this. Uh, low carb diet with us I refuse to call it keto <laughs> I'm not gonna I don't, I don't know why you don't give it a name. I don't want to I don't want to conform <laughs> but uh please like subscribe comment share to this podcast next week we will announce the the winner of our $25 Amazon gift card giveaway and we will see you next time